peeps. This is the Southbound Collective, and this is episode number 33. What's up, everybody? Stu here. The purpose of this podcast is to inform and unite local athletes to training, groups, events, and opportunities in the Homa, Thibodeau, Bayou region. Maybe you're new to cycling or running, or maybe you want to start swimming laps, or heck, maybe you want to become an Ironman. Or maybe you just want to get outside more and get a little sweat on. Whatever your fitness level, beginner, or experience, there are so many opportunities right here, and this is the podcast where we discuss all of it. And we hope that you'll find this as your weekly one-stop shop to what's happening locally in fitness, events, and businesses that support them. So as we promised last week, Chris Sins did the Pensacola Triathlon, and do we have the results from his race? Yes. This triathlon, uh, the swim was a 1.5K, the bike was a 40K, and the run was a 10K, and Chris completed this event in 3 hours, 37 minutes, and 22 seconds. Congratulations. Also this weekend, congratulations to Bobby Rock for completing his first triathlon. Way to go, Bobby. Indian Creek Sprint, 800-meter swim, 20-mile bike, and a 5K run. And Bobby completed this in one hour, 58 minutes, and 39 seconds. Also, a cool little thing that our very own Steve participated in is the Ragnar Colorado. It's a relay-style, three trail loops. His team actually had people on it from five different states and was one of 123 teams total. cool little event that he went and jumped in this weekend. Yeah, started and at like 7,900 feet elevation, and I believe he said went up in the 9,000 range. Just a couple of tunnel bridge loops, that's all. Oh yeah, <laughs> a couple. <laughs> <laughs> and also, I know that the Record Setters Club got to check out the Nichols Farm, which is their new home cross-country course. So congratulations to those who went out. I know that it was a chill run in the grass at conversation pace. And I also know that Nichols is going to be having their cross-country and track and field race on Saturday, June 26th at 7 a.m. And they did announce that they're also going to have a virtual option as well. And speaking of upcoming events, we do have this Saturday, there's the Q50 Run to the Hills in the morning. And in the p.m., we have the River Shack Tavern two-miler. Then on Sunday, nothing. Happy Father's Day to all of you fellas. Then on Saturday, the 20th, like we mentioned, Nichols has their 5K. That's also the day of the Southern Firecracker 70.3 try. And then on Sunday, June 27th, they have the Freedom Fest Triathlon. And just a reminder, if you have any suggestions for upcoming guests or businesses, we are looking for people to come on. So whoever you might have, whoever you might know that we may not know, please recommend them. Reach out to Steph or myself, and we will try to get them on the podcast. So, Stu, who do we have on the show today? I'm definitely leaving that part in. <laughs> So this week on the show, I'll let you guys stop laughing. Stu must be nervous. I'm nervous. <laughs> Sorry, I'm making you nervous, Stu. I know. <laughs> With your electrolytes and everything. Yeah. yeah. I know it's intimidated. I use salt. <laughs> So this week on the show, we have an athlete who's been active pretty much her whole life. I think she began playing soccer around five years old. She played soccer on the collegiate level at LSU and is now a established Iron Woman triathlete. Welcome to the show, Lisa Iver. Thanks for having me, guys. I love the show. I listen every week, and it's fun learning about the different athletes in the community. Awesome. Well, thanks for being here. So, So Lisa, you started playing soccer when you were five. Tell us more about that. 
Yes, so I started five in Raceland, and I played with all guys, and they were kind of my brothers. If any of the other guys on the other team would take me out or anything, they would all have my back, so <laughs> it was kind of cool. And then around 12 or 13, I moved to an all-girls team in the Destrehan area, and then moved to New Orleans, played for NOSA, and then Baton Rouge Soccer Club. So I kind of moved around a good bit. My parents traveled a lot for practices and private lessons growing up. It was challenging, missed that on a lot growing up in high school, proms, everything, because we were traveling all over the U.S. playing every weekend. We were flying somewhere for a tournament. Oh, wow. wow. Do you have any siblings? I have an older brother. Was he active also? He played soccer, but he was more into fishing and hunting. Okay. <laughs> so yeah. was it just soccer pretty much growing up, or did you play other sports as well? I played softball, and I did gymnastics but I gave those up to focus more on soccer because I was better at those. Growing up in sports do you have any particular teacher or coach that really sticks out with you? Yes yeah, so I actually committed to LSU when I was in ninth grade to play soccer there and at the time the head coach was George Fotopoulos and his wife Danielle Fotopoulos. She had won the World Cup in 1999. I did private lessons with her every week so that was kind of cool growing up. And then she was playing professional in North Carolina. And I went to stay with her for a week and got to go to her professional team's practices. And also, I kind of looked up to her a lot growing up. You know, everyone dreams of meeting someone on the national team. Or she and like, you You're said celebrity. that you committed to LSU when you were in the ninth grade? In ninth grade, yes. Wow. So it was a good thing, but I kind of wish I would have just went on the visits to the other schools because I kind of missed out on that that a lot of other people get to do but since I was committed I couldn't go right I just went to LSU every fall on visits to go to like football games and stuff so that was fun that is cool you must have been a horrible soccer player <laughs> terrible <laughs> terrible we have like royalty among us I know right hanging out with world cup people and wow that's well, we really are just cool. little podcast people. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so how in the world did you get into triathlons? So I first started biking back in 2016, probably bought my first bike in January, February. I had some clients who were doing the MS-150 from Houston to Austin, and they asked me to be on their team. Started riding with some guys local. So I completed the MS-150. First day was about 94 miles, and the first 30 miles were flat, and then it turned hilly. And I was like, what the heck did I get myself? <laughs> Into, you know, I didn't really have any bike fitness. I was just like, yeah, I'll be all right. I was an athlete, you know, whatever. But yeah, it was definitely a humbling experience. And so then the following year, I was with some friends in Cancun. And they were like, you should sign up for our Ironman. And I was like, what's that? So like I Googled it and I was like, okay. So I signed up in June and I did my first Ironman in Florida that November. I had messaged Brent Raggis. I didn't even know who he was. I know he was here on the show earlier. I was like, hey, look, I just ran a 5K. Here's my time. You think I could do Army in Florida? <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, yes. He's like, you'll be fine. I like did like a 935K. It was like my second like actual 5K. And he was like, yeah. So I got back and I went swim at the wellness center at the pool. And I swam. It's 25-yard length pool. And I swam there and back. And I was like, holy smokes, I'm going to drown. But I eventually you know, build up the fitness and was able to complete it. Wow. Now, this is a full Ironman. This Correct. is not a half. Correct. You went from cycling, not actively participating in any swimming events or running events, to just, hey, I need you to coach me. I'm going to do an Ironman, full Correct. Ironman. Yeah, I had five and a half months to get ready. So I, I actually did the Freedom Fest like two weeks later after I signed up, and then I did River Cities 
which is up by Shreveport. So I did two little sprints, and then I did the full Ironman. I actually completed my first half last September in New Roads. So I kind of did things a little backwards. Everyone's like, you're crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so did Ragus know you at all at that no, point? No, I didn't he know didn't? him. He was, I was just like randomly like, hey, I'm in Mexico right now. Look at my 5K. Will you train me? My friend <laughs> gave me uh, your number. Because like, I remember when you first started cycling, you were riding a lot with Joey, and, and you were riding like Joey was doing a lot of centuries back then, and you were doing like a couple of hundreds. And I'm like, who is this girl? Where did she come from? And then Joey's like, oh, you know, she's a soccer player. She played for LSU, and I was like, okay, because that makes sense. Because you know, soccer's make great athletes because they're just great all around. Yeah. You know, runners progression, I guess, to go into cycling, but swimming is definitely different, like you said. So were drinks involved when you made this decision <laughs> in Cancun? Yes. Okay. I called my mom, and she okay. was like, "How much have you drink?" <laughs> How, how much have you drunk today, Lisa? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I, she's like, what is that again? And I told her, and she was like, oh, oh my God. God. <laughs> so there is the life event that led her to her path of triathlons. <laughs> that is incredible. So how many now have you completed? So I did Florida three times, and actually what's crazy is I've done Florida three times, and every time it's been a different course because Hurricane Michael came, and they moved oh, it to Haines wow. City and did the full there in the half course. And then last year they moved the course a little bit. Uh, we were lucky last year in November was the only full event to happen in the U.S. So I was originally doing Texas with the Texas group from around the area, and then I transferred into Florida. I was very lucky. So whenever you have completed yours, for you overall, is it a sense of I want to accomplish this absolutely crazy distance? Do you have a time goal have you been able to meet your time goals? Like what's going through your head? So every race, you know, you're questioning life at some point <laughs> on why did I sign up for this? And the first three I've done, I told my mom every time through the run, I'm like, don't ever let me sign up through this for this again. I'm like, this is just awful. And then once you get to those last two miles, I get like super excited because it's almost over. And then the finish line high and I sign up for another one like a week later. <laughs> so it's fun. Try to beat my time every race. And so far, it's happened. And I'm doing Florida in November, and I'm hoping to get in the 12s. I was like eight minutes short this past November. I had a few issues on the bike and cramping, but hopefully I'll get there. Do you have any desire to do any others besides Florida? I'm actually transferred into Texas again in April of next okay. year since it just got canceled for COVID. I planned on doing Texas and then November for Florida and kind of taking a little break, but COVID messed that up again. No breaks for you. No. <laughs> for the past year, I've been training with 40 out of Baton Rouge. Jessica Jones has been coaching me, and I'm excited to see my fitness level increase for my next race in November. I've seen some big gains from training with them over the last year, and I'm really enjoying it. And what does the 40 stand for? Fourth Dimension Fitness. Awesome. Yeah, we've never mentioned 4D on the show, but there's a lot of locals. I know Chuck Lechenstein, Tim McLeod, and there's a several of them yeah, that are on that Ronnie team as well. Ronnie Right, right. And then Margaret. So what does your weekly training typically look like? So Monday, Friday, swimming, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturdays, biking. Then I run on Wednesday and Sundays, and then normally a little run off the bike after every bike. So I'm biking over 100 miles a week, running around 20 and swimming about five to 6,000 a week right now. And of course, as the race gets closer, we're gonna amp that up. So that's kind of like the base level. And I'm assuming that with just your regular weekly training, you don't do any groups or classes or anything like that? I was teaching spin class at the Wellness Center 
on Monday mornings, but with training, it kind of got to be a lot, so I kind of backed off for now. Are there any groups that you run or cycle with? So I mainly ride with Ronnie Falgu and Thibodeau or Tim McLeod and then Brent and the Homa group as well. We had a little gang going for Ironman Texas, and then my friend Mallory runs with me a lot on the weekend, so got a little group going that keeps me pushing forward. So of the four Ironmans that you've done, if there's one in particular that's more memorable than the other ones or maybe something interesting that happened? Um, so there's two things. Maryland, the swim was covered with jellyfish. So that was pretty awful <laughs> swimming with the jellyfish. So we got stung basically from head to toe. And then last year, Tim and I had did Florida together. And if you know Tim, he's a funny guy and he's very nice. And so the day before, we're going practice swim and we get down and he forgets his goggles and his swim cap. That's just typical to him. And so the morning of the race, Tanya's bringing us to the start line and Tim has this great idea that he's gonna unpack his bag and switch bags with all his race gear, like at the car. And I'm like, you're stressing me out. I'm just gonna walk away. I'm like, this is too much for me right now. And then Tanya's like, Lisa, you need me to help you carry any of your bags? So I give her my bags and she's like, this is heavy. I'm like, it's not about you right now, Tanya. It's about <laughs> us. Just carry it. And so then, you know, we're waiting to start. And then typical Tim, he's like, I got my wrong swim cap. He's like, I got my Iron Man Waco cap. I'm like, oh, my God. And then because of COVID, you know, there's not supposed to be spectators. And then I see my mom's in the closed off portion, like talking on the phone, like, hey, I'm like, get out of here. You're going to get me disqualified. So it was just chaos. And we always talk about how funny that was. So it's just kind of a mess, but it turned into a good day. We all had fun. <laughs> Love when someone starts off when they describe, I mean, he's, he's a really nice guy. <laughs> and I'm like, he's going to kill me. But <laughs> like, come on, what and, is and it? I, and I, I know Tim very, very well. So I know exactly where she was going with that. So what does your nutrition look like? What do you, are there any key things that are important for you to bring on runs or rides that you have found really work for you? So for the longer runs in the summer, I typically grab a Gatorade Endurance because that's what's on the run course. And I'll take salt pills for the longer runs. And then on the bike, I take infinite and salt pills and I use SIS shells. So with the summer heat, it's, I think it's important to take, make sure you have your nutrition right? Are you going to bonk on the longer stuff? I like that you mentioned that you are purposely using the Gatorade product that's on the course. I think that's something that a lot of people don't think about. They find a product that works for them, but that if you're flying, you might not be able to find when you get there or travel with, and then you're in not a good situation when the product that's on the course that you're going to be relying on is something that you haven't practiced with, and then mm. you open yourself up to possibly having some serious issues. Right, and I put a Coke in my special needs bag for the bike halfway. There's nothing like a Coke on a long bike or run. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and we've said that plenty of times before. I mean, test in the training part what works for you, but like Lisa's saying, be super super smart about it too obviously she's doing a triathlon she can't carry like a bag of stuff with her so if you can even find out when you go do a race hey what will you guys 
possibly have at the rest stops. That would be good to know because maybe they don't have anything you like or maybe they have something there that you definitely don't want. So you want to know all those types of things and practice with them to make sure because I know how I am when I'm doing long distance stuff. My stomach is a mess. I'm very selective on what I do eat during those types of things, but you just have to kind of learn your body and know what works for you and what doesn't. Right. And everything's different between the three of us. What works for me may not work for you. Before you go on a long ride or a brick workout, do you typically eat before you go out? Yes, I normally eat a bagel, sometimes a banana too. It just depends how long it is. Just something in your belly. Right. Something plain, kind of simple. Because if not, I get stomach issues. You know, I <laughs> put that part. <laughs> and no. I take Imodium before I get off the bike I'm on, on the race. Wow. That's good to know. Yeah, I take yeah. Imodium. I take one with about 50 minutes left. And then right before I get off, I pop another one. I'm like, I'm not getting an upset stomach. Because I... In Haynes, I got a, the worst upset stomach for the whole marathon. I was in every porta potty. I didn't even think about taking an emodium if you knew, like, if you started having issues at a certain mileage of oh, running. Oh, I carry it with me for the races. Wow, I've never heard of that before. That mm-hmm. is that is a good Natalie tip. Natalie told me about that. No, that's what I'm saying. Upset. I'm glad we had this conversation. Yeah. Natalie Lindsay said mm-hmm. that? Because she gets upset, so she takes emodium too. Okay, good to know. Yeah. You heard it first, right here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So if you're having stomach issues, just pop an Imodium. <laughs> this podcast is sponsored by Imodium. <laughs> a lot of the ultra stuff, you have to start grabbing stuff other because you're not just gonna take gels the whole time. Right. Like you're gonna have a stomach ache. Never even crossed my mind to bring Imodium. I don't want to put Imodium in tomes because sometimes the infinite gives me heartburn after a while. Well, I, I know just... for ultras, Wally, was, he was like, there's nothing like a stack of Pringles. Mm-hmm. Like when you've been eating bananas or like, because that's what I bring a lot of. And then, but there gets to a point to where you're like, okay, I need something else. And he was like, peanut butter crackers, smuckers, the frozen peanut butter things mm-hmm. that like you take out the freezers. He said, you just pack it in something by the time, but it, it melts to where mm-hmm. it's like, it's still like, oh, that's good. He said, and a stack of Pringles. And one time I was like, all right, give me them Pringles. I'm just, and I was like, oh, he's, and it was perfect because they kind of just like melt in your mouth. Yeah. And then they're easy to digest. Like it's easy, digestible salt for your body. And it's like 150 calories for a right. stack of Pringles. I'll do the little Rice Krispie treats too sometimes. I kind of mm-hmm. stuck yeah. to the, Tim was like, I was trying the beta fuel again this weekend. And I'm like, I don't know if I'm supposed to still take my salt pills or I'm like, I was like, like I'm not messing with it because I know it works because I cut yeah. the infinite in half. That's why I take salt pills because if I did the whole infinite dose you with two scoops, the... it would upset my stomach. So then I also I rolled in like SIS gels like every 45 minutes and salt pills every 75 minutes and a bottle of infinite an hour. So that's what works. It's a lot to remember, but it right. works. <laughs> yeah. So if there is someone who wants to go from never having run a 5K in their life <laughs> to doing a full Ironman, what would you suggest? You know, everybody has to start somewhere, whether you're walking, running. The important thing is just to keep moving forward and maybe, you know, find a group that fits your fitness level or even guys or girls that are faster than you. Typically, I like to bike with guys who are faster than me because it makes me faster. Or find a coach if you need a coach for the motivation, keep you accountable. But you can do anything that you put your mind to as long as you stick to the plan because it's about 80% probably mental and the rest physical. So if you got a strong head, you could do anything. That's a good point. Actually, I think I heard that on a podcast before about triathlons. They said that the biggest factor with triathlons is probably more mental than it is physical, which sounds completely insane considering the distances that you're doing in each of the disciplines. But I mean, it makes a lot of sense, you know? 
right? And then there's those workouts where you break down and you cry and you question life. But the important thing is just to keep moving forward. And those are the ones that make you stronger, as easy as that sounds. (laughs) So would you agree that just like with a lot of ultra running training, a large benefit to your training blocks is not just to get your body mentally tough and capable to be able to achieve the distance, but to get your mind calloused to being able to overtake that distance. Right. Because I mean, it's a long day out there, you know, to keep moving forward. And I feel like every race, there's something that goes wrong and you just overcome it and, you know, one step in front of the other and just keep moving. And I'm sure that a lot of things happen on your training that translates to okay well this has happened before this is what I'm going to do this is how we're going to fix this and it helps you to be able to move forward much faster than just throwing it all down and being like I'm, I'm done correct yeah as weirdly as this sounds I lost my shoe on the bike in Florida yeah everyone's like what happened I had a hot spot under my foot so I had this great idea to take my foot out and then I pedaled with my left foot and my the shoe hit the ground and threw my chain off. And I was like, oh my God, my derailleur just broke. But then I just stopped, walked back up the hill to get my shoe. And a guy was like, you lost your shoe on the bike? I'm like, yeah, just, you keep going. Mind your business. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, it was like mile 80 something. I'm like, oh my God, please. I was like, please let me fix my bike. And right. so then I, I, I put my chain back on and just kept pedaling. I was like, not doing that again. <laughs> <laughs> So I know we talked a lot about training, taking up a whole bunch of your time. Is there anything else that you like to do in your spare time that means a lot to you? So my brother and I started a nonprofit for kids with illnesses probably about six years ago called Dream Adventures. We take kids on hunting, fishing, trips, expense-free. We go to Gary Yamamoto's ranch in Palestine, Texas, and then we have a hunting ranch in Sonora. And we took some kids to LSU football games. And a lot of the kids, they spent a lot of time in hospitals. And some of the kids never been on vacation before, the families, because they can't afford it because of the medical expenses. So it's kind of a weekend away where they don't have any worries, where they could just go fish, have fun. There's tennis courts, pool, all kinds of activities for the kids to do. And we cook for them, pay for everything. So it's a nice little getaway. And we're going to put a link to the website that you gave us in our show notes so that people have access to that as well to see more about it. The Southbound Collective would like to thank Dr. Steve Morgan and Homa Family Dental for their continued support. We say it every week. We could not do this without you, so thank you. And please visit homafamilydental.com. And thanks for all the great feedback, and please keep it coming. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram. We are proud of our local fitness community, and we want to continue to support great athletes like Lisa. This podcast is a collective interest for everyone in our fitness community, and yeah, that means you. And you should share or recommend the Southdown Collective to a friend. Just say, have you heard about the Southdown Collective and who they interviewed this week? And we'll take care of the rest. Every week, we are humbled by the incredible stories of local athletes, and hopefully many of you are inspired too. Yes, we post new episodes every Wednesday and share links to social media. Did you miss the interview we did with Corey Berg way back in episode number nine? Or maybe you missed the episode we did with Mark King, also a triathlete, in episode number 16. Check out our backlog of previous episodes of local athletes and businesses you want to learn and hear more about. And next week, we'll be joined by a local runner, Nicole Simmons, a.k.a. Nikki Simmons, a.k.a. KGB. (laughs) So until next week, keep running. Keep cycling. Or whatever your passion. Train hard, stay safe, and in good health. And tell a friend about the Southdown Collective.
Until next time. Thank you all for having me, Stu and Steph. And I hope to see you guys on the street, whether it's biking, running, walking, whatever it is. Just keep moving. Absolutely. Adios. Later. Later.